everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy Avon. Welcome to 2021. Hope everybody had a great New Year's. And uh, of course, last year was crazy. Uh, musically, we had a really good year, strong year for Prague. And uh, if you need a recap of that, we did put out our best of 2020 podcast just before the break. So hopefully you had a chance to check that out. Uh, lots of great music to look forward to this year. So we're really excited. Um, just before the break, I had a chance to speak with Australian guitarist Pliny, uh, who I'm sure you all know by now. Uh, he just released his second studio album called Impulse Voices. So uh, here's our first interview of 2021. Uh, please welcome Pliny. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Nice to meet you. You too. So Australia, huh? Where are you about over there that we would that we would understand? <laughs> I'm in Sydney. It's, oh, okay, great. Uh, I think the most populated city. Yeah, the one the one we hear about the most. Uh, well, yeah. good to uh, good to meet you, man. I know it's uh, morning there for you. Are you a morning guy? Or are you usually sleeping still by now? Um, no, I'd be awake by now. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be talking to another human being yet, but um, no, it's all good. Is your name pronounced correctly? Is it, is it just Pliny? Is that is that yeah. my saying that right? Perfect. So is that like a, is that like a common name in in Australia? Or I'd never heard it before until you know we heard about you really. Um, no, not at all. It's a an Italian name that I don't think is common in Italy either. Um, that my mum took from a book when she was pregnant with me. So it's kind of, I think there are a couple of other Plinies somewhere in the world, but right. I haven't met them. Well, yeah, my name's Roy spelled R-O-I-E. So, you know, I've had my, I've had my shirt mess yeah. up <laughs> neither here nor there. But uh, so anyway, um, really good to meet you, man. I, I've, you know, like most people, I think discovered your music in the last few years and you've really had, uh, kind of a big growth really fast, it seems like, or maybe to you, it doesn't seem so fast, but, um, you know, uh, first of all, you have a new album out, uh, called impulse voices. It's your second, uh, full length album, right? Yep. And, um, uh, but I, I, you know, there might be a fair amount of people that have either, uh, just discovered you or maybe, uh, or maybe haven't yet. Um, and I, I'd love to learn actually more about your background and what, uh, you know, how you got into this whole prog uh, guitar virtuoso kind of field. So, you know, when when did you first pick up a guitar and how did it begin? All right. When I was, I think, nine years old, I got my first acoustic guitar, which was a replacement for a ukulele that we had in the house that I had totally destroyed <laughs> um, into pieces. And then a couple of years later, I got my first electric and that's when I started getting more serious about playing guitar, um, started finding out about bands like Dream Theater and Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and all like Van Halen, pretty much all the greatest guitarists. Right. Um, spent quite a few years of figuring out how to play guitar while also trying to figure out how to record music uh, into a laptop, just like pretty much into a webcam mic and then trying to add distortion to it and figure out just how to make stuff that sounded like all these bands that I was listening to. Um, and then in 2000 and probably 11 or 12 started posting music online and then started releasing music, I guess like proper EPs in 2013. Um, so it's really been like the last seven years that I've been a, 
I wouldn't say professional, but at least a, a musician that releases music um, in some sort of serious way. And then I guess now we're here. Probably skipped a lot of stuff, but that's <laughs> yeah. the short so, story. I, you know, when you uh, start posting videos on, on I guess, YouTube and, and all of that, um, at what point was it that people really started to, t- to pay attention? And when, when did you notice, you know, oh, you know, people are into this, you know, because listen, there's millions of guys load, putting up videos of them playing guitar solos and things on YouTube. There's right. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of that, but something about what you did really stood out. So, um, you know, when was that, what was that turning point? Um, I'm not sure if there was a turning point. It was just kind of a slow build, but I never really posted covers or anything like that. The way that I started was uh, sharing demos of ideas I was working on to forums. Um, And I guess people that were on those forums just kind of thought that what I was doing was cool, even if the quality wasn't good or the playing wasn't particularly good. it was like, oh, this riff or whatever sounds a little bit different to riffs that I'm used to hearing. Right. Um, and so when it came to my first EP, there was a sm- like really small, but a group of people that were excited to hear it, like a polished product. Um, and then I guess they shared it with their friends and... I think as well at the time, everyone that was, well, not everyone, but a lot of people that were doing a similar thing and starting bands and trying to learn how to record their own music uh, were all very, like, trying to come together, make friends, help each other, learn different things together. Um, So when I first, when I released my first EP, a lot of other artists and bands shared it as well, the same way that I was sharing their music with my following of like 50 or 100 people. Um, and then it sort of just built up like that. And I suppose this is a a terrible analogy, but it's spread the same way that the virus has all year. Like you get a hundred people with it and suddenly 500 people and a thousand. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a remarkable story really, because I'm always fascinated by guys like yourself or, or, uh, you know, Tosin from, animals as leaders or, or bands like periphery and all that kind of stuff that uh, people say that there isn't a following for this kind of stuff. But here you have really extreme examples of this type of music that have really big followings, you know? And I think that's amazing what you guys are able to do. Yeah. And um, Misha from periphery was a huge influence because he was posting the stuff that became periphery on all the same forums and doing the same, like I basically copied what he was doing with my own music um, being like, Hey guys, here's a riff I wrote. What do you think? And I think it's like him and Tosin, especially the music that they make and the way they play is so different and unique that you kind of, if you're interested in hearing new guitar stuff or new prog, you kind of just can't ignore it because it's so cool. And I think, maybe I had a similar effect Um, uh, possibly because I was making music that was kind of happier and lighter, but still drawing on all the same influences. So it was a little bit different, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I listen to your stuff, there's definitely bits of that kind of gent style 
that some of those guys are known for. But you seem to really bring in a lot of, uh, you tell me if this is right or not, but it, it sort of feels like it has a lot more of a jazzy influence to it too. And it's, and it's not all kind of chunk and metal. It's, it's very kind of almost pretty at times. So that marriage, I think, might be at least the unique part, you know, how it sounds to me. Um, but where does that kind of influence come from? Where does that style come from? Um, I'm not totally sure because it's only been more recently that I've started listening to more like lighter music and jazz and the stuff that actually does sound pretty. Like when I started, I was listening to almost exclusively like Periphery, Animals as Leaders, Meshuggah, Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, but I suppose I've always been like a ridiculously happy person. <laughs> so I think that's kind of just fallen out onto the guitar. Um, yeah. And then as well, I think the influence of like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai, I mean, both of them have their darker moments, but they definitely have a lot of sort of fun, uplifting characteristics to their music. Yeah. Did you ever uh, get contacted by one of those one of those guys or, or, or one of your guitar heroes kind of early on that, that maybe heard your music and reached out or something? Did that happen along the way? Um, it happened to, a, I guess, on a smaller scale with people like Animals as Leaders and Periphery. Like I got to know them uh, a few years ago because they'd come across my music and liked it. Um, and then I got to meet Steve Vai, I think, at the, the start of the year before I released my first album. Um, someone that was working for him had sent him a song of mine to check out and he had said, I think he said something like really great stuff, like something very short. And uh, my friend forwarded me this email that was from whatever his email is, like Steve I at Gmail, that's not it, but <laughs> something right. like that. Um, the Just the forwarded this little message and I was just like, how is this a real thing? Yeah. Um, and then I guess from there, I'm slowly like making my way to meet everyone I can. Um, yeah, I saw you're playing at uh, Petrucci's Guitar Camp or, or have you done that already before previous years? Uh, I did the Steve Vai one last year and that was amazing. And then the Petrucci one was meant to happen this year, but it's been postponed to next year. And yeah, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so now you have a bunch of, you know, guys that play guitar kind of you know now they follow you and i'm sure maybe they're sending you things or they're trying to learn your licks and and stuff and you're seeing videos is that is that sort of really strange now that that happens um yeah it is strange um it's also really cool because most of the time that i watch a younger i mean i'm young but a younger guitarist play they're already miles better than I was when I was that age. So it's kind of exciting to yeah. see like what the fuck music is going to sound like in 10 years when people are just insanely good from being teenagers. But yeah, yeah really we always cool. joke that there's like some five-year-old girl online that's just, you know, learning, you know, the next dream theater lick or something. And it's like, yeah, out of control. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you ever, uh, 
uh, just do a regular band or did you did you want to first be in a band with a singer and all, that whole kind of thing or you just never even went down that road um originally i wanted to basically have my own version of dream theater and be like a flashy guitarist but not all the time and have a singer and have like a great drama great bass player great keyboard player um but i just couldn't really find the people to do it with um in sydney not necessarily because they don't exist but i think i got so used to writing by myself as well that it just kind of turned into that um but i'd like to do something with vocalists i'm trying to write some music for people to sing on at the moment and i'd love to eventually play live like in a real band where i'm not the one telling terrible jokes between songs right yeah i mean there's a lot of guys um especially you know some some guitarists that do what you do but uh that join multiple groups you know side projects and different things like that i mean you, you could see yourself maybe doing things like that like one-off albums with with this group of guys and you know that kind of thing yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, when you uh, get compared in the in the uh, the prog world, you know, alongside uh, the peripheries and Dream Theater and stuff like that, is that something that bothers you that you're okay with? Do you consider yourself a, a a prog guy necessarily? Some people shy away from that label or or, or any label. Where does that sit for you? Um, I think it's a huge compliment. I don't really. I don't know. I think if you had to call it something, I guess it is prog music, even if it's not always sounding like what you might expect. Um, yeah, but that's to me a huge compliment because it's the kind of thing, like if you ask me my favorite bands and sorry, I just lost my brain. Maybe it is early. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, just, yeah, I guess you, to you be... mentioned like dream theater and stuff like that. So I guess it, that, that yeah. sort of is, where, where yeah, to be at. mentioned as like just in the same sentence feels like very legitimizing for me because I never really think about it as like, oh, I guess I'm a real musician now. Yeah. What about, um, you know what I always think is, is what I found really impressive with your stuff in the beginning was the quality of the videos. And I've, I've often used that as examples. I have different people that I might come across and they say, you know, I want to, I want to try and get my stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. How do I get more views? I'm like, just look at Pl this guy Pliny's videos, man. They're like really well done, you know, and it it could be just him sitting. It's been you sitting in your bedroom just playing the guitar, but it looks like super professional. Um, where is that just you just know how to do that? You have a, you know, professional setup of, you know, team that are filming that stuff or how does it end up looking the way it does? Because I think that's been a big um, selling point of a lot of a lot of why your stuff comes across well. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. Um, that's it's very very far from professional. Uh, <laughs> I got into like amateur photography in high school um, just for fun, so I had a camera from that. And then I would I don't even own a tripod. Well, I own a tripod now, but I didn't for most of the time. So I would get like I just stack up books and then put the camera on top of it. And if I needed to angle it up or down, I would just wedge pieces of paper to sort of like tilt the body of the camera. Um, and then messed around in some video editing, editing software a little bit to try and get the colors to look a little bit more 
professional. Um, but now I think as well as mixing music, I used to mix all my music, but I think I've just, um, the keeping up with getting better and better has sort of escaped me. Same with filming. So now I just try to get a friend who's really good at right. it to do it for me. Yeah. Instead. Now you get the good, now you got pros to, to do some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What what about uh, the you know the songwriting for you? I mean, is it is it a, a hard process or um, you, you you know it takes you a while to finish a song or does it come easy? Um, I don't know if it's hard, but it definitely takes a long time. Like it it took me probably five years to release an hour worth of music, and even now, like I've spent most of a year working on this album almost full time. And then some of the ideas are like one, two, three, four, five years older than that. And it's still only like 37 minutes or something. Um, so it is, it's very time consuming. Um, I think the thing that doesn't make it necessarily hard is that I'm just patient with it. Like it is really frustrating to write something that sounds really cool. It's 15 seconds and then you're stuck on it for a year. <laughs> um but I, I like fingers crossed we'll always figure it out at some point so as long as i just kind of keep chipping away and don't get frustrated it'll happen but it is yeah it's very time consuming yeah i was shocked actually to find out that it was actually just your second full-length album because uh, it seems like you've been around a while you know, and, and there's always been new songs that have popped up here and there and stuff like that. And, and so uh, that was surprising that it's only your second record. It's your long way to go, I guess. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I guess I've, I tricked you with doing EPs and like the one-off yeah. songs um, and touring a lot, I guess. I saw you open up here, uh, I believe it was for Periphery in the U.S. Um, probably a year ago. About right, I think. Um and it, it was great because it was their whole fan base was had packed the place and they were there watching you completely and they seemed to really dig it and, and know the material. Um, and I thought that was amazing. It really seemed like because, you know, you're there's could be a question there, right? I mean, they're kind of really heavy and they got, you know, the singer and, you know, Spencer and all of that and you don't have a, you're not singing and, and it really just didn't seem like a problem. Um, was, were you ever nervous about that touring with bands that are like that, that style that maybe the audience wouldn't, wouldn't jive with what you were doing or it ha it's been pretty smooth. Um, it has been pretty smooth. One of the first tours that we ever did in 2015 was with an Australian band called me of Libiscaris who were like, extreme metal like yeah. blast beats 20 minutes at a time and a lot of screaming they also have a violin player so they're a bit like they do have a pretty diverse sound but definitely like on the heavy heavy end of the spectrum and so we toured australia with them and played a bunch of shows and i think at the time our set was even further away from being close to heavy like it was all pretty much just rock at its heaviest um and it went really well like everyone enjoyed it even the like um slayer shirt wearing fans would be standing there smiling probably because it's like it's a break before they're about to get in the pit and fuck right. everyone up um 
So I've always found that playing to not necessarily my own crowd seems to go over well, um, sort of no matter what direction it goes in. I'd love to play on a lighter bill, like support a fusion band or play a jazz festival or something and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think as time's gone on as well, the like the shared audience with a band like Periphery or Animals as Leaders has gotten close enough that it's, I didn't really think about it before that tour. Um, and it was, yeah, it was great. Like people would always come early and watch and supposedly enjoy. They, they definitely looked like it. Uh, I did want to ask you just sort of separately, and we, we got sidetracked in the beginning, but um, this, you know, the situation with the virus and stuff in Australia, they say it's, it's like gone there. Is that, is that how it is? Or how are you guys doing? How have you been with it? Is it all clear? Um, it was uh, down to like zero new cases a day until three, two or three days ago. Um, I think someone came back from overseas and then caught up with their friends and then their friends caught up with their friends and suddenly we've got like 50 or 100 again, which is still, I guess, low compared to a lot of places in the world. Very low, um, yeah. But uh, it's a bit... I mean, it is what it is, but so it's things are just starting to open back up and now they're kind of like a bit hesitant. Um, are you still, yeah. are you not able to play shows and things or has that happened yet over there? Uh, we've had uh, like reduced capacity shows. So I think there's a venue that's normally like a 2000 theater can have like four or 500 seated. And some people have done it, and I think the atmosphere is a bit strange depending on the music. Um, yeah. yeah, but hopefully next year. I mean, that's what everyone's saying. Hopefully next hoping. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Listen, great to meet you, man. I, re I think the new album's just awesome. Uh, and it's good to have a new, you know, guitar hero around, you know, to to uh, add something to all, of, all the music that's out there. I think it's great. And uh, good to Thank see you. that people like it. It's amazing. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cool, man. All right. Be safe. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks to Pliny for the interview. Don't forget his new album, Impulse Voices, is available now. For upcoming news and interviews, please check thepargreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at thepargreport on Twitter and Instagram. You can download the podcast on all our podcast networks and follow us on YouTube. Thanks. Thanks.